Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Park Report Podcast interview. This is Roy. Hope you're doing okay out there. My guest on this episode is Andy Foster. And if you're not familiar with the name, you may be familiar with the name Kite Parade, which was featured on our Best of 2022 podcast. Uh, that album, The Way Home, was a big surprise for us last year and for many of you. Uh, Andy is back with the second album for Kite Parade called Retro, which is out now. Uh, he joins me and Jeff on the podcast to talk about the album, his history, how he created Kite Parade, and all of that, which is all very interesting. And uh, we highly recommend you get to know Kite Parade because it's a great album uh, and definitely one that should be on your radar. Before we get started, uh, just a reminder to uh, check out parkpart.com. Lots of new reviews and uh, lots of news on there as well that you can always keep up with. Uh, and follow us on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and of course our video episodes on YouTube, uh, which we always try to keep up and do some special things there. And now our interview with Andy Foster from Kite Parade. Andy, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, I'm Roy, and this is Jeff. Hi, guys. Northern Ireland. I'm in the U.S. Where are you about right now? Uh, I'm in Somerset in a town called Bridgewater, which is sort of south, if you don't know, uh, UK, south of Bristol, about 45 minutes. Good. So fairly I, near was, the coast. We, so. we only know where London is. Uh, so where? <laughs> <laughs> Speak yeah, for yourself. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I say we, I mean uh, most Americans. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, west, west of London, it would um, I'd probably take about uh, two and a half hours. Um, right. I'll watch okay. on the motorway, cut across and then down. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Great. So, uh, you know, we got to bring people up to speed on, on you and your band, uh, Kite Parade. Uh, you have a new album coming out, uh, probably as we air this, it'll have been out, uh, called Retro. Um, and I believe you said that the release date is March 14th. Is that correct? That's it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so, so as we're doing this, yeah. it's going to be tomorrow. Um, and, uh, this is the band's second album. It is. Yeah. The first one, uh, last March. So basically just about a year between the two yeah so we we covered that album uh jeff actually brought it to the to the group uh after discovering Cheers, it and <laughs> yeah and uh blown away by that by the album i think we had it included in our best of the year podcast and and hopefully people picked it up i, I we did get a lot of comments from people discovering it through that so uh yeah, hopefully that that helped out a little bit but um we think it's great we think your music's great um and so happy to speak to you a little bit um, so just to get going, why don't you fill us in a little bit about your background, uh, and how you got into music? Um, well, a lot of UK back in the, I'm nearly 60. So, uh, back in the, back in the day when I was at school, uh, there was a lot of music, um, you know, a lot of people took music lessons, you know, there was muddy, you know, in schools in those days, you know, and I, my very first instrument was the violin. I remember that at the back end of primary school. And then, um, then I picked up the clarinet and did that for a bit. Um, and then I joined, when I left school at 16, about 1981, I joined a, a military band um, as a clarinet player, actually. But um, uh, when I got there, there was a lot of clarinet players in long rows just doing... And I thought, that looks a bit boring. So uh, luckily, they were after a saxophone player. So I swapped over to the, to the alto saxophone. So I played... Within my time in the army, I uh, played um, alto sax and a bit of violin. Um, 
India, India orchestra. That was a bit painful to listen to. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then after that one, I left the army in 88. Um, spent a couple of years not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, I, know, I know I didn't want a normal job, but I, I worked in a music shop in London on selling guitars. That was, that was okay. And then in 1990, um, I got approached by a guy. Uh, they were looking for a saxophone player for, to go on tour, a uh, theatre tour of Grease the Musical. And uh, so I, I did that. And it was the first time that Greece had been out on the road since the 1970s. So um, uh, this production company bought the rights to, 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 to run it. And it was great. So I spent basically, it was two big tours spaced over two years. And then, uh, so that was good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like a I tour. Say, tell, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we, we, yeah. we played in the, came over to Belfast and played in the Opera House for two weeks. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And, um, Very good. Yeah. It was good. It was a good tour. Basically, a, a week in each city and then a, a couple of um, times, you know, you stay over. And we finished the tour in two weeks at uh, what was then called Hammers of Odeon, which was amazing for me because um, I used to go up to London and with my, my older brother uh, uh, all the time when I was at school and see bands. And then there I was on the stage with the, I still got the backstage pass somewhere. That was amazing. <laughs> How long were you doing uh, that kind of musical productions work? Oh, that's the only, that's the only theatre thing I did. Um, and then we thought naturally because uh, it, it was went into the West End. We thought, oh, because uh, we we're, we're the band. We've been we've doing it for two years, but of course they just used it. That's the, the normal people. So <laughs> we got ejected out of that, but uh, which was a shame. But uh, so that was it. And then uh, then I started at that point working out in the Middle East just playing covers in bands and um and that was a big period of my life um uh sort of based in dubai but but all over the, the gulf states uh, all over so um in various bands um and duos and trios and yeah all, all covers but yeah playing wow. guitar the whole well time traveled. or were you playing other instruments you, um, you play pretty much everything right no no don't no that's a misconception. <laughs> okay. I play. I'm okay. I'm okay on guitar. I can play the, the saxophone. But back in those days, I didn't. I wasn't a singer, so I was. I was always having to work with people who did sing, and then I, occasionally I do a, a, a ooh and an ah as a, as a backing vocal. <laughs> and then, uh, but then, I, I did a bit more uh, backing vocals. And then the guy said, "Look, I was in a duo at the time with a my friend of mine called Pete," and he said. To be honest, you don't need me because he was the singer and the keyboard player. Uh, you can do this on your own now, and um, so I ventured out and I started doing then gigs on my own. But what, uh, uh, was... what were your influences? Were were you into you know the the prog music like the kind of the stuff you're doing now, or or what were you listening to? Well, when I was younger, because of my older brother, he's uh, eight years older than me, I had access to prog because he was into it. But um, but also I think for me, my natural um, what I was drawn to was hard rock. So it'd be bands like UFO, um, um, the American side, Boston. I loved and went, went to see them when they came over and, um, uh, Thin Lizzy, massive fan, you know, so, so bands like that. And then very early, uh, Def Leppard. Then of course the, the, the massive Van Halen stage. Um, hmm. so all those sort of bands, it bites. I loved bought everything they ever did. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah. But, and then the prog, think i've always listened to I, I, not just that and when i was in the army and and i just listened to a lot of uh, jazz fusion as well so things like yellow jackets 
and uh, maybe it's been a, a saxophone mm-hmm. player. Um, so I enjoyed that, but then can't really listen to it now because it's a sort of a, it seems to me a, a genre that hasn't sonically hasn't really moved on. I think if I listen to a, a Yellow Jackets album now, I'm sure it would be the same keyboard sound and the same snare than it was 35 <laughs> years ago. Right. But, um, but uh, yeah, just Ferrati. I love Tears for Fears, bands like that. Just just anything that's interesting. It doesn't have to be rock, doesn't have to be prog, just has to be good for me. Right. Um, I so think you, you can certainly hear, hear all of that, uh, all of those kind of influences, both from the poppier side to the rockier side through through the albums. So what what led to Kite Parade coming about? You said about you'd played a lot of covers and stuff. Was was writing yeah, yeah. something that you just started recently? or? Uh, well, nothing's recent. Uh, uh, yeah, a, a time ago. I lived in, in Brighton. That's the T-shirt, Brighton Hove. Lived there for about 20 years. And um, I was uh, at one time I was living with, with my brother and his partner. And um, didn't really need to go out and have a job. I was in and out of the Middle East, and um, I had a, a, a setup there, and I bought this keyboard, which i got here. It's a workstation, it's an old uh, Roland XB50. And I started just getting stuff um, worked out on there, and I just, because um, there was no um, no pressure to, to go out and work, and I, I was just in the zone all the time, and I was just bashing out stuff, and loads of ideas came out. And, um, and then I started, uh, I made those into sort of demos on a little a little uh, eight track thing, which I bought. And at that time, um, that's when I met, um, basically when I finished in the Middle East, I met up with Roy, um, uh, Rob Aubrey through a friend of mine. And I, I took him these, these demos and they weren't, they were literally all instrumentals. And uh, he, he listened to them and he says, yeah, you, you've got something here, you know? And at that, that point I, um, I added some vocal lines to, to whatever. And then, that's where it, that's where that came from. And a lot of that material ended up on the first first album, The Way Home, and a couple of tracks uh, on the on retro as well. So, so yeah, just just a, a builder. But it, I, I was never. I was just writing. I wasn't um, writing in in uh, in terms to go out and release an album. I was just I was just getting ideas down. And it was at one point. But even to the stage of so I I demo it and then and I you know get the drums on it and then I'll go to, to uh, Rob Aubrey's and uh, we basically finished the, the tracks but I was just accumulating songs that were sort of finished but um, but with no real intention maybe I'll one day I'll, I'll make an album but then it just got it got a bit silly you know like decades went past <laughs> and then uh, my brother said look what are you doing you've got to get rid of this stuff it's got to be out there you know so um, that's when I forced myself and I okay now's the time <laughs> And so how so the the in terms of the stuff that like even you, Nick De Virgilio plays plays on that would that have been stuff that was recorded you know over the a last few. ten years or yeah yeah definitely yeah. So, uh, on the first album yeah a lot um, not letting go that was um, that was a that was not the old days that was something newer uh, but from the old the really old stuff would have been suffer no longer um, strip the walls. Um, let me let me see. I have a I have a copy of the album. I'll tell you. Um, yeah, strip the walls. Going under was a very long song, and the way home. Uh, and then stranded a few years later. This time was is relatively new, and letting go was the newest from that that album. 
and the one that stayed over, which is on retro, which is sort of from the old period, would have been Under the Same Sun. And Wonderful. Those two tracks are basically, that's the end of all the old stuff now, unless I start digging out old files and seeing what, what's on, you know, floppy disks and stuff. But that's the ones that we worked on. Uh, I worked so on how before. many years is, is that material written over? Oh, probably about 15, 20, maybe. I mean, long time. Wow. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, it was. It was like the, it was getting to, like the Chinese de- uh, to, uh, what's, what's that? Chinese the democracy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was getting. It was getting to those proportions. <laughs> ridiculous. So, um, so anyway, obviously, now, you, you. So that that album that album came out, and obviously, you know, went went over very well. Certainly, in terms of in terms of you know the reaction that that we we got to it. Um, what what led you to follow it up so quickly? Um, just because of the reaction, and I had, like I said, half the tracks were were sort of done anyway. Um, well, not half, but at least, at least a couple of tracks uh, were done, and some newer tracks. <clears throat> I mean, I say new, but they're a lot of, for instance, um, um, yeah, let's get the other albums. Here we go. Here is it. Oh, this one. No, not there. Um, what's the thing? A oh, speed of light was uh, was maybe done about three, four years ago, before before lockdown, because I remember writing and doing the um, pre production on my computer up. Uh, I used to work in a ski resort every year, and I was definitely was working on that track at the same time as letting go. They were the two tracks I remember from from that apartment. I <laughs> at the end of the ski season, I. I stayed around, stuck around in Austria and um, had a great vista of the beautiful mountain. And I was working on those two tracks at the time. I remember that. Um, but yeah, so suddenly just gradually, you know, new tracks came in. I'm working on music all the time or, or little ideas, riffs, and then I just build them up. Um, but generally, because it take, it's just me on my own, um, it takes me <laughs> a long time to do. So uh, I'm trying to work out... Um, um, yeah, at least two years in advance is what I'm trying to do now. Because so now the plan is to 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 start making more more albums more frequently at at this at this late stage. Well, huh? yeah, I, well, yeah, I don't know if it'd be more frequent. I think what will happen is it will, it will slow down now because at, at the end, uh, I have I have the third album musically written. Um, I just got to do the vocals on it, so that is sort of going. So that will. I'm hoping that will be released sometime next year. It's not going to be a March release, but maybe, I don't know, the summer. And then I'm working on tracks now, which will, will be the fourth album, but that will come out <laughs> when, it, when it's ready. If I get, you know, life gets in the way, then I have to work. So <laughs> that's the thing. That That's fantastic. I mean, uh, you also have had, we mentioned Nick DiVirgilio, but who else is joining you on, on these albums and, and playing various things? Well, on the way home, it was uh, it was Nick and Joe Crabtree, who uh, I don't know if you know him, did a massive stint with um, Wishbone Ash for ages. Uh, he's a great drummer. <clears throat> he um, now doesn't really. He's left Wishbone Ash. He he created a like, an app, like a drumming app. I think it's called Polymath or something like that. It's got some sort of drumming metrimony. Um, you know, you can you play along to this thing and it helps you keep in time and do different rhythms. So he 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 made invented that. So that, I think that keeps him really busy. Um, 
And he also plays on one track on Retro, which, uh, as far as I remember, was is under the same sun. Um, so, yeah, those two. Uh, and other people, um, is less on this new album, um, guess, but on the first album, uh, a good friend of mine, Russell Milton on bass, he played uh, on a few tracks. Uh, another friend uh, on piano on a couple of tracks and um, I did a Hammond organ on a few things called um, Steve Bradford. So, but, um, but um, yeah, just, just call in favours of friends who I've, I've, I've worked with in various cover bands around the world. Um, and for instance, there's a, a, a little bit of bass um, from a cruise ship. There was a, a, a great uh, um, Russian <laughs> bass player who's in the jazz band and I, uh, I got him to, to come into my, my cabin and <laughs> lay down some, some fretless bass. So, you know, when, when people are there and, and if they're good, then, uh, you know, I'll just I'll buy them a coffee and they come and help me. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's perfect. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so I got my copy of the new album oh, retro nice. here. So anybody, anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, another brilliant uh, little kind of get foldy package was just very cool. Um, wh- is there a kind of an underlying concept to the album, or, or the title no. track, or um, what's the no, kind of no, no concept? Theme? No, there, there is no theme. It was just that, just um, because of the, the track retro. Now there's no concept. There's all the tracks are different completely different um, topics, really. Um, there's a couple of songs which might be sort of tied in in terms of um, look trying to look after the planet and, um, you know, not the waste stuff and um, that sort of scenario. But, but, but no, generally, they're, um, they're, they're all separate tracks, you know, each with their there's, own identity. There is a video for the, for the title track that's been out a little bit. Uh, retro and then uh, I also want to touch base on the second track which I like a lot uh, Speed of Light um, you know talk about that song in particular what would the writing process be for a track like that and how long does it take for you when you first come up with an idea and then are you demoing the drums first and laying you know and then starting to lay or how does it work for you from beginning yeah. to, to get to a final that particular track um, I would have laid down just a drum pattern. I'd just program on my, on, on my computer, program uh, the drums, and then and then just find a bass pattern which which uh, fits in with that. And I just yeah, sort of put it on a loop and then um, have my guitar and then I came up with a riff. Once I got the riff going, um, then it it it, it goes. <laughs> uh, whenever I'm writing. Um, instantaneously when I, I get to a verse bit uh, a, a vocal line comes into my head so um yeah i have no words right here but um the vocal line most of the time it's the first thing that comes into my head generally is is or 70 percent is what ends up the vocal line uh, for the the end product but um and where that line goes sort of dictates where the tune is going to go really um because i'm i'm so into melody and um that I, I can't see the point in i listen to, to some music within this genre and it's um the vocal line and the, the, it seems to be a bit of an afterthought i mean it's all really great happening you know in the, in the um in the the, the the backing track but then the vocal line comes on and i just think is this really a it doesn't even sound like a verse it just sounds like notes just to, because it fits in with other stuff but um i work the other way around it's it's the melody which dictates uh where the song goes, and of course, in my head, I've I have got the best band playing in my head, 
So uh, I can well, imagine. It sounds pretty darn. It sounds pretty darn good. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I mean, the the music's the music is is impeccable, and the and the harmonies on that song. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. Um, yeah, they, yeah, that took a bit. Really good um, stuff. When I was doing those harmonies, uh, the bit you were talking about uh, towards the the back end of that track. Yeah. Of course, they're very long notes. So um, <laughs> in the studio, it was like <laughs> lots of double tracking, and obviously try not to run out of breath in the same place. So when we're we're stacking it all up, it's not it's just a massive, you know, but, uh, yeah, move, moving stuff around and, um, you know, splicing it all together. But uh, yeah, yeah, that worked, that worked out well at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think the, th the thing that kind of, I, I, I really took to the first album and, and I think it follows through into the second one, you know, you, there's, I suppose there's certain parts of prog which are all about, you know, technique and speed and that kind of stuff. I think mm. the real thing that flows through the Kite Parade songs is they're they're good songs and they're great melodies. You know, that's and that that sounds like it's something that comes quite naturally to you, is it? Melodies do. Um, in terms of the technique, um, how can I explain this? <laughs> I'm a very average player, and and when you're recording, you know you can build things up even if you take 500 takes it doesn't matter it's my time and right. i can take 500 tapes and probably 499 i would have fluffed halfway through so but that's okay because for me i just as long as the the, the what's is completed makes sense then um, that that's okay you know um <laughs> so and obviously lack of technique means that i can't do certain things i wouldn't i can't write in in a way that um, Dream Theatre, right? Because I can't play like that. I would never will be able to play like that. Yeah. So um, yeah. I have to keep things simple. I'm not a key I can't play keyboards. I can't at all. I can't play bass. So everything you hear on the keyboard side and bass, um, unless my friend uh, uh, is is on playing real bass, but most of the retro I've programmed and all the keyboard okay. parts I've, I've programmed, um, I'm just moving stuff around with the mouse. So um Luckily, but you know, I've got Pro Tools, and you can yeah. you can do it. But when I was working in the Middle East doing the cover stuff before the well, sort of before internet, I suppose, um, and these things called MIDI files, which people use uh, yeah. of, of covered backing tracks. Now you do, you can just there's thousands of them, you know, loads for free, and others you can pay for. Mm -hmm. uh, and somebody, probably a keyboard player, has sequenced the songs. But before that was available to me, I had to. Uh, program my my own backing tracks for you know, the band or the trio or the duo that I was in at the time. So, and that was really either well cassette rec tapes in the beginning, but then then CDs um, with headphones on, going playing the track and go, okay, let's get the drums sorted out. That's what the drums doing. Uh, what is the bass player doing? So I, I was I'm so used to programming um, backing tracks. So, and that's basically I'm just a continuation of that, except I'm doing it for what. The other stuff in my head now well i think i think i think you're very humble andy because i think anybody who who is watching this who who hasn't heard your music uh you you wouldn't you wouldn't know by listening to this stuff that this guy isn't a natural keyboard player because certainly yeah it's a, it's a really really great sound and um if it's in your head jeff then you can with the technology you can do it so you know, yeah i know there's yeah. some synth lines you know i can I can sing a synth like in my head, you know, and I can move stuff yeah. around until it sounds for me. Yeah, that's what I want to listen to. That's what's there. Yeah, that's if, if I was wild. a keyboard player, um, then I would probably, and the same on the guitar, um, 
when I play guitar for work, cover stuff, and I'm doing solos like I do all the time, I probably go on automatic, and then it's just the real me. Um, whereas on these records, I don't want to play like that, so I don't. I purposely don't just uh, when I'm doing the solos and things like that. I just maybe do I don't know, as many takes, and I just jamming. I'm jamming. I'm jamming, and then I go, "Wow, that's a." I don't know what I did there, but I like that, and then I'll just get it together. Uh, of course, now um, um, I've got to learn all this stuff to be able to play it live. So, <laughs> oops. What? Well, there you go. That's that, 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 that was my, that was my next question was is 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 that part of the plan to to play it live yeah it wasn't um it wasn't ever really uh it was like a pipe dream oh, i'd be nice to, to play this stuff live but uh, realistically i was thinking uh oh, let's just you know let's just make an album and if that's all i do i've, I've made something you know uh, right. but um i realize this is obviously the first thing i've ever done or, or the way home was um first song I've ever released in my life. And it's all very new. So one thing I did realize is that uh, the promotion side, I mean, it's great doing all this sort of stuff and I'm constantly on Facebook and I'm typing away and trying to do what I can. But I realized that you've got to be out there, um, hopefully tr trying to play to, to to people. And I just, the other thing, I, I assume that most people would have heard this album, but in reality, just a very small um amount of people percentage have done it. even within the prog genre you think god everybody must know but that's not the case nobody knows so um yeah. one way to do it is uh, and a rob reed obviously uh, who's um, the boss uh, at uh, uh, white knight said yeah is it gonna be uh, live let's let's make it live you know um so now it is live i now i can announce i i have found some musicians <laughs> and i've got a band a small band and um Great. yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be playing live at the moment, um, not with keyboards. We're gonna we're gonna have that going off on its own. But um, uh, got a drummer and a guitar player, and then my bass player um, plays on a lot of the album, first and second album, uh, Russell. So uh, he's the from that video that was for Retro. So basically, the drummer is in my band, mm -hmm. and the bass player, and uh, I've got a, another guitar player. So um, yeah, a good guitar player called Ryan Elliott. I needed somebody on my right or left who knows what they're doing. And if I wasn't there, can cover it all. Because uh, I need to concentrate <laughs> on remembering words and uh, I'm playing the odd, nice, easy chord and, of course, the sax saxophone. So, uh, well, that's so, cool, yeah, man. Good. I'm looking forward to, to see that. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, well, good luck with that. I think that's great. It's, it's the obvious next step and, and uh, the, the music's deserving of it um that's great i think let's just uh we'll wrap it up here with you um the new kite parade album retro uh is uh, i guess out uh now where can we get it where can we tell people to go get it okay right now you can get it from white knight their shop um so just google white knight records um so you can get it there um it is available now or tomorrow when we're recording this um and about 7th of april at that point you'll be able to, i'm going to release the downloads from my Bandcamp page so um and then a little while after that then i'll also release the cd uh within uh, Bandcamp as well so right now um white night 7th of april which is a friday uh i'll release the uh the downloads and then later on um the cd from from bank as well and people can find out more on uh facebook i'm assuming uh you know facebook page for the band and and uh and so on 
Uh, okay, well, cool, man. Uh, Andy, pleasure to meet you, man. Good luck, and uh, we're you have two new fans here of the band. Uh, <laughs> well, and what you do. Thanks for having and, uh, me. I really appreciate it. I love the, the love the show, and uh, thank you. And and you know, um, uh, I, I've got a cruise coming up, Jeff. Uh, that I don't know. If, well, yeah, we're coming over to Belfast, so we must meet up. I don't know if it's uh, a cruise I got coming up in June, or there's definitely one in. Um, in October, November. I can't remember which which cruise it is, but one of the cruises oh, heads cool. over, over your way. So, oh, let me know. No, I definitely oh, yeah. come, come, come down and meet you off the ship for sure. <laughs> he just wants you to come sure. over and play some guitar on a track. That's what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's got it. Jeff's just pretty good. He can I mean, play for you. I, I see a lot of guitars in the background. <laughs> Doesn't it's it's uh, compensation. <laughs> The better guitar doesn't make you a better player, and that's testament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> all right. Well, great, guys. Uh, all right. We'll see you later. Thank you. Thanks to Andy for the interview. Don't forget to check out the new Kite Parade album. You can go to White Knight Records for more information there. And uh, in April, you can check out Kite Parade on Bandcamp uh, to get the album there as well. And the video retro is up on YouTube. Uh, for upcoming news, interviews, reviews, and more, please check out parkreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, we're going to close with a bit of the title track from the Kite Parade album. This is Retro. See you soon. Channel